It's Thursday. I'm Fred McMurray. It's 2 p.m. And that's got to be the smoothest intro we've had with the automation. This is... Happy Friday Eve and welcome to Pillars of Franchising where we are going to talk to Carolyn Thurston of Wisdom Senior Care. We're very excited about that. Oh yeah, she's not on tap, but she's got a lot of stuff to talk about today that's been changing, ever changing. And for those of you who've been following her, certainly you can see her in our digital magazine, right? She's a regular contributor. See, yep, we had her on the cover recently and we we talk a, a little bit about the, some of the things that we're going to talk about today in terms of employee engagement and retention and uh, benefits and culture and training and all of the things that, that make that go better. Well, I think what's interesting about that, speaking of um, all of those things, so yesterday I was so excited. I went out to get the mail and in my mailbox was my Harvard Business Review. And sometimes I get really excited, sometimes not so much, right? Sometimes it's kind of heavy reading. But on the cover, it said, what does your company really stand for? And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so about what we're talking about today, right? And so one of the big stories is what does your company really stand for and aligning what matters to you as an organization with what matters to your employees. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy cow, not only does that align with what Wisdom Senior Care is doing. Ellen does align with what we've talked about with Jerry and Karen, um, but it's just all the buzz right now. And it really has kind of sparked when we went to um, flexible work time or workspace, so to speak, kind of all off of COVID and really the employees being more in charge than the companies. Um, funny story, I went in yesterday to Home Depot, my old stomping ground, and uh, I had talked with somebody my son was interviewing, and I said, oh, well, what, you know, what shift are you working to in the managers? And he said, oh, I'm the closing manager. And I said, what, you, you mean like you always close? And he said, yeah, we have set shifts now. And I'm like, get out. You just work, you know, like 50, 60 hours a week, and you might close one night until midnight, and you were back at 4.30 a.m. to open the store. And he says, oh, no, we, all, we don't do that anymore. We all have set shifts. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh yeah, we found it's much better. We can get ac we can actually get time with our employees and work on training and developing them and really be more engaged um, in our departments if we have set hours. And I thought, man, why couldn't they have thought of that 30 years ago? Yeah. But, yeah, but I think that that the point of that is that there's been such a reevaluation going on. Um, yeah. I do a lot of writing for people who are business owners in my personal business and this has been a hot topic of conversation and what people are doing right and what they're doing wrong. And engagement and retention is a huge thing and setting clear boundaries. And one guy who's an HR consultant was talking about people who don't set um, policy around hybrid work. And so the, the expectations are unclear. And so employees feel 
uncertain about what is the expectation of me. Is it, is it really okay that I work from home? Is it not? How often should I be in the office? And if one employee is able to work from home and another is not, that might be the nature of the job, but you've got to have clear, defined policy about that. And so making those, it all comes down to communication, really. A lot of it right. does. And what this Harvard Business Review article is talking about is that when you and your, when your whole entire team has an alignment of values, everybody's buying in, everybody's happier. And it could be the equivalent emotional value of getting a 40% raise. That's how much it matters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And the interesting thing is they also mentioned that um, you see less turnover, not only in, in the regular ranks, but in CEOs. Mm-hmm. If they feel like they are aligned with the corporate values and, and they talked a lot about um, what do you stand for and what binds us to one another and to the community. And, you know, I think that's interesting when you talk about that in franchising, right? So my brand, um, our, our thing that binds us to the community is that we give back to victims of domestic violence, which is still that month, right? It's still October. And, that to me was a very big thing. Well, I happen to have a group of employees that many of them know someone or have been impacted by domestic violence. And so that is a common thing that we can bond together on and stand behind supporting victims of domestic violence. So that's one of the cultural value sharing things that we do that we can talk about that everybody's impacted on. And you know, I think it's really important to find those things and to make sure that you not only, you know, walk the talk, but not only talk the talk, but you walk the talk, right? Um, because it's, it's like Karen always talks about, it's one thing to say things, it's another thing to do them. So. Right. And one interesting thing, too, I wanted to pull out was it talks about um, everybody's working on their DEI policies and diversity, equity, inclusion, which is very, very important. But it said you don't necessarily want diversity of values, right? Then you have everybody competing with each other of over different values that are important. And I thought, you know, that is so true because you cannot have a cohesive team if you're not all fighting the same battle within the work process and headed toward the same goal with the same intent and integrity. Beliefs are different. Those are painful and fluid. Values are set in stone, and if you have a rogue person over there who's fighting against what you're trying to accomplish, it's never going to work. So that's another thing that I thought was a really interesting distinction that I had not articulated in my own mind <laughs> Yeah, that I think is really important. I think that there's, um, you know, it, it, for those of you who think, oh, my God, Harvard Business Review, like, I just can't get through that magazine. It's just way too deep. Um, and I used to think that, too, and trust me, I never read it cover to cover, I pick out what I can digest. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a five-step process of values alignment. So the, the values alignment process, and it does a breakdown of step one through five. It's very comprehensive, super easy. They do some very like kind of, I call it the plain English version. So it's not hard to understand. So um, that's what I want to share with you for a word on the street. Again, Harvard Business Review just got in my mailbox yesterday. And with that, Let's welcome our lovely guest. Ooh, and my new co-host for the day, but he's on mute. So I have to introduce my other million-dollar mentor friend named Jerry Aker. I just pulled an Elizabeth. I am so embarrassed. <laughs> I, was, I was so excited to introduce 
Carolyn that I didn't check my mute. So I apologize to everybody. Well, listeners, we have a true treat for you today. One of my very best friends, uh, Carolyn Thurston with Wisdom Care is on with us today. And Carolyn, I cannot do justice to your introduction because you have such a phenomenal background and an amazing company. So I want to turn it back to you. And I wish you'd tell our listeners just a little bit about you and your company. Well, thank you. I'm really excited about being here with everyone. Um, I am Carolyn Thurston. I am the founder and CEO of Wisdom Senior Care. Wisdom Senior Care was started in 2006. Um, It was initially started just because I had a passion for working with the senior population. I had no intent at that time on franchising. It took me a long time to even step out and open wisdom up. Um, Just a little bit of my background. My father was in the military, so I always appreciate any veterans, and I never forget their families because I was one, a daughter who traveled um, anywhere from six months. The longest we stayed anywhere was three years. So I understand the sacrifices that are made. But during that opportunity, I was able to go to other countries and see how people took care of their senior population. And that's where, in the 11th grade, the seed, the name of wisdom came to me. But I thought it was going to be a daycare, a daycare for the senior population. And at that time, I'll tell you how old I am, in the 80s, there was no daycare for the seniors at that time. Mm -hmm. So I told my mother, who was my biggest cheerleader, God has given me a name of my business. It's going to be wisdom. She said, great, you can do it. But you see, it took me from the 80s to 2006 before I even, and actually it was 2005 before I stepped out. I took the step to do that. So I kept having the urge to, um, I went to nursing school, just make a long story short, I have a background as a registered nurse, came out still wanting to help the senior population until one night I had had enough, I kept having this urge, I said, what's <laughs> one thing that I can do? Because I use the excuse, and a lot of people are like this, Jerry and um, everyone here, they will say, I don't have the know-how, I had no right. business experience, I don't have the money, how was so I said, you know what? It only cost at the time $350 for me to fill out an application, send that into the state. And look, for $350, Wisdom Senior Care was developed. And I just started working that. And in 2017 is where I learned about franchising. So now we're on a mission to make awareness to other people that franchising is a great opportunity for business growth, for generational wealth. And we started out on this journey in 2017. So we currently um, have helped now about 13, 14 um, new franchisees. So we're excited to um, be able to state that and be able to even make other people more aware of the opportunity. Carolyn, how do you define a good candidate? Because you're you're an, an RN or you, you've right. been an RN. Are you looking for people who have that background or how do you find the right fit? 
And I love how you put that, um, and we get that question asked a lot because it's not about the nursing. Actually, all of our franchisees, none of them were nurses, right? But what we do, and it's what you, uh, Elizabeth, you and Kristen were talking about, is those core values. We have a set of core values, and the number one core value that I look for with any potential franchisee is um, compassion. They have to have compassion. And let, can I share this with you guys? The, our number one franchisee is a gentleman who is above six feet tall. He's an Asian gentleman. And I knew I had gotten the right franchisee when we went out to um, go with him to see a client who was in hospice. I saw this guy get down on his knees. Oh. He held this lady's hand, and it it just confirmed to me how important that compassion is. Because when yeah. the owners have that, it's going to go down to all the way to the clients that were actually served. Carolyn, yeah. that story does not surprise me at all. And I'll tell you, uh, for anybody that doesn't know you and your your partner Charles, yes, that wonderful <laughs> man that you're married to. You two are known throughout franchising as the people that are compassionate and passionate, Mm -hmm. people that are willing to give back, that have a friendly smile to everybody. So the fact that you use that as a part of your vetting process and the Mm -hmm. story you told about that gentleman, I mean, that's you in a nutshell. That, That truly, I think, defines your organization. And for anybody thinking about that kind of a field, they just couldn't match up with a better person or persons to do that than, than you and Charles. Thank you, Sherry. I appreciate that. So Carolyn, where did you get started with your business? Where are your major markets that, you, that you've grown in and where are you looking to go next? Yeah, that's a good question. So North Carolina um, is where most of our franchisees are. Wisdom Senior Care was started in Durham, North Carolina, and we were um, helping seniors in Durham and Chapel Hill. And so right now we have a lot of different offices in the whole North Carolina. We are in Savannah, Georgia. We're looking at Atlanta now. Um, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Miami, um, New York on Long Island, New York. So those are some of the places that we currently are. So, Carolyn, oh, I'm sorry, Kristen. No, go ahead, Jerry. Uh, so you you met the lovely Karen, who is our leadership uh, guru, and I, I want to focus this a little bit on you know your organization deals with the senior population and there's a lot of uh, baggage that goes with that a lot of struggles uh, mainly because of health uh, even mental uh, issues with the senior population which I would think is very stressful on your franchisees and their people so how do you keep the motivation and the energy up and and you know keep rekindling that passion in your franchisees in those situations Yeah, so I think one thing to remember, um, because we're looking for franchisees who, first of all, have a compassion for the seniors, they also have a compassion for the caregivers, who we call skilled experts. And we call them skilled experts because we truly value what they do. When they go into a home, it takes skill to be able to go into someone's personal space. And I don't know about you guys, the way I am, 
I just don't invite someone over to my home. If you're invited to my home, that means you have a special place. So with that being said, our franchisees have to have a compassion for the seniors and their family, but also for those skilled experts. So when they look at this, they're listening to both sides. And you're right. It can get very stressful. But one thing that we've done is help them be able to match the skilled expert with the right type of caregiver and Mm -hmm. also listen, listening, right? Listening is so key. So not only to what people are verbally saying, but what they're not saying. Because some of our caregivers, um, they give so much that they tend to get burned out. And I'll give you guys an example. We deal with a lot of death in what we're, we deal with. And mm-hmm. so my motto is you just keep moving forward, right? This is the part we've helped them to. Our goal is to help the seniors stay at home. But you know what I realized? Not everyone operates like that, like I do. Some people need to be able to come together and talk about what they're feeling. So what we did as an organization is we developed what we call a chaplaincy program, and it's part of our nonprofit, which is Wisdom Missions Worldwide, where our franchisees are able to call this chaplain in to talk with the whole team. They have these sessions where they're able to talk, and that's what's helping them be able to stay motivated because the franchisees feel like, hey, I'm making a difference in Mm -hmm. my skilled experts' lives and not just the clients. So I think when they they get this feedback, that's what's keeping them, Jerry, motivated because they see that they're truly making a difference. Now, Kristen wants to ask a question, but I'm going to do a follow-up really quick before she gets in. I can see on her face she was primed, but, (laughs) you know, I got to tell you a story. You know, you started this part of it with uh, teaching people to listen. And an old saying I've used my entire life is the good Lord bless you with two ears and one mouth and use it in the same percentage, right? The same ratio. And I literally heard that in Charles's voice when I was thinking that because I can just picture him saying that to some of your, some of your people. Is that accurate? It's very accurate. That tells you it's, it's accurate. He does. It's truly. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. I had to get Charles in here somewhere. Go ahead, yeah. Kristen. <laughs> well, if you didn't, you know you'd be in trouble, Jerry. I know. I know. So, Carolyn, can you tell us, obviously, we, we talked about employee engagement and um, the troubles and trials and tribulations everybody's been having in terms of getting and keeping help. What are some of the things? I know you've been doing some really exciting things to help attract and really grow talent in your organization. Mm-hmm. Can you share some of that with us? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we focus in on is that we want people to come in um, to our organization um, with a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. So when even prior to COVID, we had did a we did a lot of research, really talking to skilled experts and finding out what is it that you want. And look, we were doing this prior to COVID even happening, right? We would have scheduled meetings because we wanted to hear what did they need. And a lot of them were saying, we just want to know that we have an opportunity to grow. Great. 
That's our culture. That's wisdom culture. Our franchisees are creating a place where you can come on board. Maybe you come on and you're a um, skilled expert working 20 hours a week. Then you get an opportunity to come in and be a receptionist. And they show them in orientation a growth class. Uh And there's three different ways they can go. So they're telling them at the very beginning that if this is a place where you say you want to grow, one of our core values is loyalty. So we say loyalty doesn't just come like overnight. It takes time and interaction. But if you're going to, you want a place we'll be loyal to you, you can be loyal in return. So we really teach growth from within. And we have one franchisee who right in the middle of COVID, she started with wisdom as a caregiver. She grew in every aspect of wisdom. And in 2020, she opened her own wisdom franchise. That's awesome. I was going to ask, that was going to be my follow-up question. How long do you think that'll take? And you've already had it happen. Yep. And not only that, you know what's exciting? is that we're now having more people because they're hearing her story. And we hear each franchisee say they they at their orientation, because we want them to know this at the beginning, what the opportunity is. And people are saying, you know what? I want to do that. I want to be like that. So now we're looking at actually putting in place a formal, a really formal pathway for people to go through that um, process. Well, well, you Carolyn, let, oh. let Miss Patricia know that I'm officially calling her out because I understand we've been trying to get her on this show to tell her success story. Okay. Okay. So this is official. The world is hearing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's a, it's a beautiful story. It's a true story of someone who just works really hard through and what can happen um, with that process when they're given an opportunity, what can yeah. happen? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Carolyn, one of the uh, franchise systems that I'm affiliated with has a system like that in place where an employee can grow into a franchisee. Mm-hmm. Works out quite well, and it it acts as a, not only a, an attractant for the right kinds of people to come in and work for a franchisee, uh, but also because it's a formal pathway. Yeah. Then both the franchisee and the employee kind of have an idea of the progression that everybody has to go through and maybe a little bit even about the timing of it. So yeah. the fact that you have already done that, frankly, for as young as your organization is, yeah. is off the charts mm-hmm. and that you are already making plans to uh, uh, start a program, a formal program is frankly kind of unheard of, but it wouldn't surprise me with you and Charles doing that because that's, that's part of who you are. Yeah. And I see it as a franchisor. I see it as a pathway to growing my franchisee group fairly quickly through people that are already passionate, already vetted, already understand the system, and, it, and there's a process in place where they buy into it and move on. So it makes your part of it much easier and more fulfilling, too, I would think. It does, Jerry. And, you know, the other thing, not just even the franchise, if someone doesn't want to become a franchisee, you know what we're experiencing? Maybe some people, they have been given that opportunity, and they'll say, no, that's not what I want to do. I have a lady who started with us in 2007, and both of them were given the opportunity at the same time. 
One chose to be a franchisee. The other said, no, that's not with me. I want to grow with the office. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Now, that's loyalty there. So you know what she's doing, Jerry? She's part of our um, franchisor system. And she's so so you get two out of one. There's always a place for people. I think that's what's exciting Mm -hmm. about being um, such a new emerging brand is that, you know, now she can be one of your support people to help other people. So we talked about the the really important thing and the main driver of selecting your franchisees. And I think that that's really important. We remind people all the time that um, to be a franchisee, a really good quality franchise system isn't going to just award you one because you have money. So oh. don't come into franchising thinking you're just going to go buy a brand because the good quality brands are not going to do that, right? Nope. And, and obviously here we've heard you need to be vetted and you need to be compassionate, hardworking, and share the same values. Now, beyond that, Carolyn, tell us, what are, what are you talking in terms of franchising fees and working capital? What does somebody need to do if they just love you like we do? So if someone just loves us and they feel the culture and they want to be a part of, we um, our initial franchise fee is forty five thousand. Okay? okay. Now we do um, recommend that people have another sixty five to seventy thousand dollars for working capital. Okay? okay. Now we are looking for franchisees who are really wanting to commit a hundred percent. So it's pretty much them being owner operators at the beginning. And that way they're learning all the aspects of that business. But this is the key thing. We're not wanting you to come and stay that way. We're helping show you how to develop your team. Okay. So as you're going along, you're starting to develop your team and you're working your way out of being an employee of because we don't we don't want you working in your business we want you working on your business so we help to show them how to um, be able to do that there therefore you can travel like people I mean we're not that large yet but people ask me all the time well who's doing this or how's this working we wouldn't be able Charles and I Jerry we wouldn't be able to go and do the things we're doing if it all depended on us but it's because We've developed teams, processes, and things are in place that allows us. It's almost like we had to, um, we got, they got rid of us, right? <laughs> they don't need us anymore, right? <laughs> and you think, but really that's what it is. And that's when you truly have a business. So that's what we um, are looking for is that mm-hmm. type of a person. And truly wanting to make a difference in your local community by yes. helping the seniors, but also you're adding employment and changing um, skilled experts' lives as well. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me either, Carolyn. Uh, but what you're so what you're saying is, I think, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but um, so you want an owner operator, so they would have basically one location under a franchise. But then uh, as they work themselves out of a job, which is what you just described for yourselves, then they would have the opportunity to uh, buy another location and continue to expand that way? Yeah. Can I share a quick story with you? My um, daughter, which we're creating some generational wealth, she is the one who runs, manages, does everything with our corporate office, okay? Now, she has hit a... um, 
milestone, which I never, and that's why I say you never say never thought would be able to be achieved. Oh my gosh, she does better when I'm not there, right? So now what she's getting the opportunity is to, um, she's working on a second location now. So what you explain, it's right there, it's available. And then you're even able, they're learning to do it even at a, a what do I want to say, not working hard, but at a smarter level, right? right. Um, how to do that. Yeah. That's a pretty natural progression for most franchise systems um, that, you know, you can, they really want you to start kind of small to prove that you can do it and you can handle it. Yours is a little different because of the passion, because not all franchise systems yeah. necessarily care about that. But, uh, um, but I, I do like the fact that you understand and have a plan in place for them to continue to grow once they get their organization up and running, because many people want to go beyond that first footprint and continue to expand. So the follow-up question to that, Carolyn, is what states are you looking to go into? I understand there's supply issues and support issues as you get further away from North Carolina, where you're located. But um, for you to continue to grow, you don't have any choice. You'll have to keep going. So what's your growth plan? Yeah, so I, I, this is kind of funny because if Charles was here, Charles would tell you, and this is everybody that knows Charles, he's, we'll go wherever, right? That's what he would tell you. But um, in my mind, that's why it's good to have a team because we keep everybody balanced. But very strategically, you can see how our growth has been going, and we're pretty much um, going up the East Coast. We do get conversations with a lot of people in Texas. Um, more um, so, and um, Arizona. Um, okay. Those are just some of those um, places. But wherever we do hit, Jerry, we look at, like, let's say if we're in Arizona, the focus is not just one then. Then that becomes our area that we need to go ahead and develop, right, while we're there. So right now, the hot spots that we are in is the Georgia and Savannah right now are the, um, the key areas that we're focusing in on. Not to say if someone's out there and they're not in those areas and you would like wisdom to come to that, we're open. Charles would love to speak with you. <laughs> Listen, Charles and I are going to have to talk because the rural states yeah. in the Midwest are aging really quick. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he would be there. He would say, we're here. We'll get that team. And what's interesting, because of remote and all of that, we do have team members that are out in the Midwest, too. So it's not um, it's not um, a challenge as well. So. That's awesome. And Carolyn, so one of the questions, one of the last questions I have for you. So people who are like, okay, so now I've got this. I understand the cost. I know what they're looking for. This all sounds really great. But if I go and I sign one, what does the training look like mm, for somebody to do this? Because the job's a pretty big job. It is a pretty big job. And um, what we provide is a um, two-week training, okay? Nice. So we say it equals out to about 80 hours. So there's 40 hours of theory, okay? Mm -hmm. Then we have 40 hours of what we call um, hands-on. And the hands-on is you come to our corporate office and you work every part of that business, right? You see every point, even all the way down to what your skilled experts are doing into the home. So they get that opportunity, but the training doesn't stop there. So then what happens is that we have our team come to their location. 
and then our team is making sure they're getting their office set up, setting up strategic partners. So we're continuously working with them. And then what, every week, um, our new franchisees meet with their um, franchise coach and business developer, and they do that on a weekly process for a year that we're providing that. But they can have access to help. We have a brand standard team. They're just a call or we call it a ticket process away. There's always people around to be able to help them. And after they've been in for a year, then they go to what we call monthly, unless some urgencies come up that we're touching in in basis and things like that. We hold um, quarterly meetings. Um, sometimes within the quarter, we have industry, like, updates and new uh -huh. things that are coming out. So we'll pull together some webinars or different things that we can do to um, keep our franchisees educated. That's awesome. I love the brand. You call them a brand standard? Brand? Yeah. We have a brand standards department. And so they they help with a lot of of training, they help with regulatory, um, so they handle a lot of questions. They're the first contact, and then they can distribute it where it needs to be if it's not something that they can handle themselves. Carolyn, I uh, first off, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. This has been phenomenal. Not just because you're such a you know warm and embracing person, and so so real you know, when people are talking to you, as I would expect. But um, to our listeners, I want to I wanna just go out on a little bit of a limb. There's literally four to 6,000 franchise systems available right now today. And uh, there are competitors to what you do out there. And I would say, uh, as a person that's, you know, neck deep into franchising and look at franchising globally and talk to people all over the world, anybody thinking about being in this space, who doesn't talk to you and have a really deep conversation about uh, what you do and what you stand for and how they would fit into that as a franchisee is missing a real opportunity because, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to go out and buy a franchise, but to buy a franchise literally that will change your life and have great supportive partners uh, yeah. is just tougher and tougher to find. So that's my little pitch for you and your company, Carolyn. And again, thank you for being here. We'll love to have you back again in the future. Best of luck to you and Charles, and I look forward to us connecting real soon. Thank you all. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Carolyn, would you like to tell our listeners where they can reach you if they would like to? We're obviously going to have everything put on our Pillars of Franchising page, but how would you like them to reach you if they care to? So there's different ways. My email is Carolyn at wisdomseniorcare.com, or you can visit our website at um, wisdomseniorcare.com, and you'll find all our contact information there. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can just look up Carolyn Thurston, and you'll um, find me there as well. Thank you so much, Carolyn. It has been the ultimate pleasure to have you, and we look forward to seeing you. Probably I'll see you next time in Vegas. Yes, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We so thank you so much. All the best to you and Charles and your team at Senior Wisdom Care. Or thank wisdom you. Care. Sorry about that. Yep. That's it okay. <laughs> it's okay. Wisdom Senior Care. Yep. Thank Have you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? 
Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a Y dot com. <laughs> Kristen. You got me. I love that. I feel like I'm fine, so I was like, Jerry. Oh, my what? God. Listen, what? I'm excited about this panel, but wasn't that an amazing interview with the Thurston's, yeah. Carolyn? Yeah, yeah, it really, and that's so not my field, though. Part of it is because I would be so emotionally attached to these people. And like she said, they deal with a lot of death. And after going through that with my mom, I just don't know if I could keep picking myself back up afterwards. That that would be really hard. But boy, having a passion to take care of people. Um, it, it, it takes a special person and it's yeah. special people with special gifts. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. That And what I love about what Carolyn talked about is they really make sure they, they attract those people. That's part of the, the brand. And it's yeah. making sure, right, and that, that making that brand promise. And just aligning people with that, um, loved. It was so refreshing. Well, and you know, um, Karen, I was watching your face a little bit, and I know you desperately wanted to interject (laughs) something into that interview when she was talking about all the leadership stuff they're doing and the training and the support and just, just that whole thing because that's your realm. And I loved it. And it's, it, it, it is so refreshing, again, just to hear someone talk about it and the importance of it, because we all know that leads to sustainable growth. Yeah. Yeah. And how cool was it that she had somebody, and, and that was the question I wanted to ask, and then she told, she was able to tell the story about somebody who grew from, you know, uh, from a caregiver to somebody who owns a franchise. I mean, that's like, that's the glory of franchising, right? That's yes. what you, that's your ultimate goal. And I think that was wonderful. But, you know, the one thing that we, we started off the show with, and we kind of talked about this with Carolyn, and, and now here we are again, the one thing that they all have in common was kind of that core value of caring for other people, right? And I think that that's what really keeps that 100% engagement. We've talked before about how important having the same values with the with the organization, with the employees, and making sure that everybody's on the same page. I mean, those things are so critical. Karen, you go into companies all the time, right? And you're meeting yeah. with leaders. Yeah. How do you help wrangle them all around and get them <laughs> on the same page? Well, there, I mean, there, there are a lot of different ways to do it. And it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that we, we talk with them about, and there, there are a lot of different ways we do it, but at the end of the day, we do talk about that it's the values and it's mm-hmm. aligning people with the values and getting them aligned on it's the strength of that, if you want to call it the immediate manager, the franchisee, whoever's the one who's really kind of running that the ship, the, you know, the business, 
and it doesn't matter if it's a large company, a franchise, whatever, you've got to make sure you've got the strength of that immediate manager and, mm-hmm. and, and that people feel like you've got their back. Right. And so well, and really giving them tools and techniques on that so they can do that, because for some it's not easy. You know, I think that's what's missing. Uh, you, you hear about such a shortage of staff around the country, and yet there are segments that are not having that same problem or specific companies that are not having that same problem. And I think back to Carolyn's point, and Karen has reiterated it, you know, so much of that is culture and the internal uh, core values and those kinds yeah. of things, and even, even a path to ownership or franchisee uh, status or something like that. I, I quite often, and, and you know, when Carolyn was talking about it, it really resonated with me because that's my life is building organizations where the culture is so strong that it will withstand just about anything. Critical. And so, yeah, with my chiropractic franchise, the joint chiropractic, I'm asked quite often, um, frankly, because our, co- our pricing is so low compared to typical chiropractors, you know, are you only getting new chiropractors out of school that don't have anywhere else to go? Right. Because that's the image. Well, yeah. in fact, it's just the polar opposite. Well over 80% of them have anywhere from seven to 15 or 20 years of experience, but they are burnt out on those other models. They want to come in and work in a place where they only have to do what they originally went to school to do and were trained to do, where, where their passion is and their love is, which is to care for people and to get them out of pain and so on. And so when you create an atmosphere and a culture where they can do that, and they don't have to deal with all the other sludge that happens right. in any mm-hmm. business. Many of them choose to do that uh, in spite of the image changes that they may go through. So um, I think there's a lot of companies that can go down that path, just as Carolyn has and we try to do. And they're missing the boat when they don't. You know, and, and I, I think, also think, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. I, I was just going to say, I think that's very interesting, Jerry, because I, I do think you're right. Most people think of that as, you know, the fresh high school, kind of the budget adjustment or whatever and like I don't know if I want them to adjust me it might be like going to the college and having a student do it but um, there's a lot to be said for being able to go to work and just do your job in an environment that allows you to get back to the core of why you went into that field to begin with now the interesting thing with you with 36 different great clips franchises how do you and Sam because I know she's your right hand woman how do you keep those sets of values kind of consistent amongst all of those salons because that's like putting cats yeah it is but first off my whole life is built around having one leader one champion in each location you get one person to buy into the vision and Mm -hmm. the culture and then it changes their life and typically we see that through pay and you know, all the other kind of things that go along with that and just the joy of showing up for their job. And then the people around them start wondering, well, we do the same job. Why are they in a better mood? Why are they making more money? Those kinds of things. And then literally they become the person that helps build your culture within that little node, if you will, that might be nine hours away from where your home office is or something like that, because you know, that's really the core of it. But the second piece of that, or maybe the first piece, and that is the second piece, they're interchangeable. Um, we do a lot virtually anymore, not only training, but regular weekly meetings with our leadership teams, where we continue to bolster that culture and really reinforce it. Um, when they're having hurdles or stresses in their job, 
we help as a team take that away or show them a different way to handle it. So none mm -hmm. of them feel like they're out on an island creating their own destiny, you know, in a negative way. They've got a path forward on to stay with us forever and right. uh, continue to grow. Uh, maybe certainly in pay and benefits, but also maybe in, in different positions. And I think many companies lose track of that, which is why their culture doesn't transfer to all of their other locations and you see them struggling. You know, Jerry, uh, you mentioned a few things. You mentioned, you mentioned as part of culture even the, the path, because that's what, you know, any engagement research will talk about. People want to have, they want to feel like their values connect. They want to feel like they have a growth path. They want to feel like they can grow professionally. And personally, and that's even more so if you think about the, the millennials, the Gen Z, that is so important to them. And some of that's even more important than, than, than pay. Yep. And they also want to feel like there is that connection. And it's interesting. I've been I've doing a lot of, you know, work with organizations where I tell them, don't, don't invest in this if you think it's a check the box. Because people know that. You need to be really intentional that it's not just something where check, 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 check. Because they, they're going to, I would say they're going to sniff that out, especially the younger generation. Yep. You know, two things. Uh, number one, when we give prizes for achievements, and we give them a variety of things they can choose from if they hit certain things, the number one thing across two states, the number one thing that is chosen more than anything else is dinner out with Jerry and Mickey. Oh, because my. they want to <laughs> hang out with us yeah. for the night. And get a chance to visit with us one-on-one -on -one yeah. and just hang out with us, you know. And the and second piece, yeah, and we can talk about that in greater detail too. But the second piece that I really want to talk about, we're really proud about this. Uh, so many businesses, certainly in hair care, but in, in anything, you know, you have a job, you show up, you do your job. Christmas comes along, they send you 25 or 50 bucks in the mail, you know, thanks for a year of your work or whatever. Uh, uh, many years ago. We deal with a lot of single moms who work for us, who be, life becomes a grind and mm -hmm. they're just showing up to get their check, which never goes far enough. And they're dealing with children and all that. And, and it just turns into major grind. And so years ago, we decided to do something for Christmas way different than pretty much anybody you know. Of. We throw a monster ball for them. Literally, it's like prom for adults where we rent out a ballroom in a major hotel near where they're at, uh, and we ask them to dress up in, you know, prom gowns, go out and buy That's a used fun. prom gown or something like that. We'll have a little bit of entertainment come in for the evening. We'll, we'll have a huge buffet. We'll give away big screen TVs and all kinds of, you know, uh, cruises and all kinds of cool things. But more than all of that, it's a chance for all of us to hang out together and share our successes you know, pat a lot of people on the back for working for us for 15 years or whatever the case might be. And that is not only the most talked about thing amongst our employees, but any of those employees that are involved in the recruiting and hiring process, that's the number one thing they talk about with recruits. I love is, it. Oh my gosh, you can't believe this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the connection. So it's the connection they have with the company the connection mm -hmm. they have with leaders, the connection they have with each other. And those yep. are such critical parts to get, you know, because there's that, we always talk about the hearts and the mind, right? Yep. So it's just the mind and we need to get the heart there. So that's, that's, those are parts of it. Well, you know, I want to mention something about that party, Jerry, because we, we do a holiday party every year too. And, you know, I have a friend who has a, owns a restaurant. So for a couple of years we went there and they always, like they want it to be on a Saturday. So they have all day to get their hair, their nails, 
they're clean, right? They don't have time to do that any other time. And same thing, they dress up. And so finally, one of them said to me uh, before the third one, do, do you think that we could choose another restaurant? And I said, absolutely. Where do you guys want to go? And they're like, we'd really like to go to a Mexican restaurant. And if we could find a place that has the um, mariachis, that would be great. And if there's room to dance, and I'm like, heck yeah. So the restaurant that they chose is great because every Saturday we have the mariachis and we have this big long table and there's not a great deal of room to dance, but they find room to dance. And just as you said, that is the talk of the town all the time. And now, even when we do smaller parties in the office, I sent some videos to Elizabeth they have the music playing and they are dancing. I love it. And it, it is so much fun. And that's part of it is because we let them decide. What do you want to eat? What's your thing, right? They're 100% Hispanic. They all want that food. They want their music. They want, And it is, we have a blast. My kids go and they just love it. And so I think that's, again, when we talked before, Karen, about meeting people where they are, it, that all goes back to the values again, right? It really, it, it does. It does. And, and finding ways to connect. I love it because having fun, you know, especially right now with all the stress that's going on, you know, in the yeah. world, if the more we can just give them glimpses and moments of connection and fun and enjoyment, yeah. uh, it, it, it helps reduce that stress. Well, well you know, really and all organizations should be doing something. Um, you know, they may not all do the things that we do or, or Kristen does or whatever, but they need to be doing something because building a culture, making sure people understand your core values is not a check the box thing, as has been mentioned right. here. you got to live it. It's got to be out there for everybody to see and feel every day or else it goes away. So staying in contact, the world we live in now so much is virtual, which has really made it a lot easier to do. You know, another thing, we've got a Facebook page for our staff, and it is only for us to share successes and congratulations. And one of their favorite things is when I go on and do a leadership video that they can watch, because it's out of the norm. It's something they don't get anywhere else. It's kind of like feeding them, right? To some right. extent, feeding their soul. So hearing from the founder, uh, giving some wisdom. They know that I, I travel with IFA and I'm on some boards and all that, which to them seems pretty cool. To me, it seems tiring, but uh, they think it's pretty cool. So when I go out of my way to take time to do that, Carol is smiling. A year, ago, a year and a half ago, we were in Washington, D.C. for an IFA event, and we were on a rooftop somewhere. That's really where I met Carolyn and Charles the first time. And I stepped over in the corner, and in the background was the Capitol Dome. And I talked to them on that video about I was in Washington, D.C., talking to our leaders about things that impacted them and their lives and their children's lives. And, oh, my gosh, you can't believe the feedback we got out of that simple video. Yeah. Yeah. But you connected, you connected with them. And I think that's part of it. It's that... How do we find ways to say, I'm connected with you, I have your back, I'm, I'm here because of this business and you and what we stand for? I mean, people, people like that. We want that. And it's become way more prevalent now, um, I think, after, even though I say after COVID, but even where we are right now, after what we've gone through the past couple of years, people, they want that now more than ever. They need to have that connection. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, do either of you have any closing thoughts on this topic? I mean, we could honestly go on for hours, I think. It's such a great topic and so timely right now as well. And all I'll say is it's not fluffy. Too many, I think too many people think it's fluffy stuff. It's not. 
<laughs> it really, you know, bottom, bottom line, it can really absolutely, it can, it can make or break a business. Yeah, yeah, and two things I'll say in closing and then turn it back to you, Kristen. Number one is, you know, and we've talked about this before. If I walk in the door and the toilet's dirty and they're busy, I go oh. clean the toilet because that's a part of culture too, showing that we're all on the same team. We're all working mm -hmm. together. I cannot tell you how many, how many dump trucks of hair that I've swept <laughs> while my stylists are doing their thing. And the standing joke is with clients in the room is it's the only thing I'm qualified to do inside of those four walls. They're the queens of it. They're the experts. So we joke about that. The second thing I would point out is how cool is it that the three of us get to have this panel right after we've talked to Carolyn Thurston, who is kind of the queen of culture and building it from within and all just went together. So thanks to everybody for participating today. It was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Thank you so much. As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at FranchiseShow247.com. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors, and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we love to have call-in guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our Million Dollar Mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned. More coming up. And with that, we want to thank all of you for joining us on the show today with our guest, Carolyn Thurston. And Charles Thurston's in the background over there somewhere with Wisdom Senior Care. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode, as well as any others that you might stumble across. Thank you to Jerry Akers and Ray Pillar, our Million Dollar Mentor, Sharon Kinsey Sword, our Leadership Guru, and of course, Sir Fred McMurray and Elizabeth Dunham, our producers. I am Kristen Schalmetzi, and together, we are your resource for franchising success. This has been another episode of Pillars of Franchising, and the dream starts here.